0: And rental car podcast your with your host Top Fuel Cam got, Cameron Faray and his worth co-host worth Mr. Hard. Top
1: Sportsman Don O'Neill.
0: What's going on, Don? What's up there, Mr. West Coast Cam? Or have you uh, gotten your galoshes uh, dried out there, buddy?
1: Dude, Phoenix was ridiculous. I haven't been so cold in my life.
0: Oh, so that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. The first day was galoshes, and then the other days of that was mainly you and uh, needing a parka. Did Was there a run on sales out there at the Walmart for you?
1: Dude, there should have been. I'll tell you what, I'm just glad I'm not the two guys that uh, parked their rigs in the in the overflow lot waiting to get in and then decided it was a lake the next morning when they woke up and it was like up to
0: their shins oh my god dude i someone uh snapchatted me a, that picture and i went the first thing i thought was man what indy's not open this weekend because that's exactly what it reminded <laughs> me of was the indy pits during the u.s nationals that one year yeah no kidding no kidding well yeah right, well, we got a lot don't try you're always trying to get the bus out there in front hey let's talk real quick all things all things transparent here you didn't have a bad weekend there top fuel cam
1: no it wasn't too bad i qualified 10th um you know we're still uh, under budgeted so um i only made one qualifying run and lifted like 700 feet went 408 and that was good enough for number 10 but we're slowly making progress with uh with haddock's team and you know making some changes with uh you know how it's ran and you know things like that he's got johnny west over there helping with the tune-up now and allowing allowing uh, us to kind of showcase a little bit more and as we gather more funding and stuff we'll be able to qualify or make more qualifying runs and and showcase and showcase a little bit more but it's cool that he's even given me the opportunity to go out there and get more seat time and stuff so i'm really grateful to, to terry and his team so it's going to be cool. Sounds like we'll go to Gainesville. So.
0: Well, I, I mean, you know, you got to think about the situation there. I was kind of pulling for you over here thinking that maybe there's going to be a petition running around the pro pits that you guys only need two qualifiers from here on out, save money on the <laughs> nitro you know, expenses there, cut people out of line at the Plasma Center, trying to come up with enough nickels and dollars to uh, pay for a barrel of nitro.
1: Dude, it's spendy. 1500 bucks a drum
0: of nitro is, uh, is kind of stout, but... You know, it is what it is. All right. Well, there was your, shame, your shameless self-promotion time there right off the top. But uh, I want to get to what's really on the top of my mind. And I think you and I kind of went back and forth a little bit last night. We sat on the couch. NHRA, uh, leadership, Fox, Fox Sports 1 TV production crew, and anybody else that wants to lay claim to their uh, – attempt we're gonna call it that i'm not going to use another adjective in front of it attempt attempt to shine light on nhra pro stock last night uh nine o'clock on the east coast eight o'clock central time where i was laying my head and you know i really didn't think about the math but it was six o'clock out there on the west coast for you guys and uh well what was your initial take there
1: um, you know, to be honest with you, I thought, uh, it was that, I thought the show was good. Brian and Bruno, they picked two good people to, to be the announcers and the commentators for it. They know what's going on when it comes to, to racing and, you know, Bruno's actually driven pro stock. So that makes it, makes it a little more convenient. And Brian is a good personality, um, as far as uh, commentating, um, the only thing that I really say that I was bummed about, which there's really no way around it. I mean, it was on Tuesday at six o'clock for California. Like I barely made it home in time from work to even see it. But I mean, I get it. It's on Fox Sports One. like it's hard to to find a TV slot to buy a TV slot for something like that. But I mean, overall as a whole, like for a first production, like it wasn't too bad. Like, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, it's it's uh, I'm obviously it's gonna be a work in progress. I'm sure there's a lot of things that they can change and do, but You got to start somewhere and I mean, good, good for them, uh, you know, for, you know, reaching out to the pro psych people and helping them do it. It's, it's really cool.
0: I totally agree with that. And I think, um, we talked about it earlier that, you know, TV production has a business aspect to it that includes marketing and, and the promotion of what you're trying to do in the sport to your fans that you're trying to communicate the business interests and, and I really believe we've said it on our other podcasts and we've talked about marketing and sponsorships, you know, that relationship building, right? You gotta, you gotta put a foundation down before you can build the house. And I think for NHRA and Bruno and loans Brian to come out and put that show out last night, whether it was started late and everybody was getting upset, but Hey folks, wake up, crawl out from underneath the rock. It's, The end of February, beginning of March, it is college basketball season. I know there's a lot of people out there that think that once college football and NFL is over, that there's no other sports again. But it's that time of year for those networks to make major banks. So, you know, get your paintings out of a bunch and relax. But I think they set a really good tone for a great show to build off of. I think that is the most important thing for loans and, and Bruno. And I think if you'd ask anybody that was trying to think about the future, you have to put a foundation down to build off of. No, there wasn't a lot of huge personality behind the scenes. Um, that's going to be my one thing. Not that anybody in Glen is going to call me up and ask me what the hell I think, but I would love to see some personalities. That's really what I want to see. I want to see two or three drivers every show, showcase them, showcase their personalities. Deep down inside, that's all we want to do as fans is to have someone to relate to. But at the same time, as companies that want to do business, they want to have someone to be their spokesperson or their team or their guy or their girl that they can relate to. And if we lose sight of that, we end up with... um. Uh, i i don't know no prep kings i I don't know
1: (laughs) well since we're talking about pro stock i think i'm going to dig into my phone here and uh, we need to call one of my pals that i've known for a hundred years um wait a minute you're 35
0: aren't you how i mean this is true okay i
1: mean i don't know if anybody's heard of this person you know and if if you've lived under a rock and you've never heard of you know the world famous eric anders um, I'm sorry, but we're gonna call her because she's freaking awesome, and she's probably gonna new, uh, shed a little light on what she thinks, considering that uh, half this show is probably gonna see a a uh, one badass red Camaro quite a bit for the next year on this show. So let's call her up.
0: Yeah, it's what it's Wednesday. You think? I mean, what is she doing on a Wednesday? What do pro stock drivers? Do? Wait a minute, hold on, because you're one of them. What do pros do on a Wednesday?
1: Well, I'm sitting in my kitchen right now recording a podcast, but,
0: uh, so yeah, we're going to do over or under that she is with a freedman. Yeah, I'll
1: go with that. I'll okay. With
0: that. All right. Ring her up. See what she answers.
2: What's up, Cam?
1: What are you doing? Working. Working? What? What? I thought you worked on the weekends at the drag strip.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, Monday through Thursday, we got to figure out how to make enough money to show up on Friday.
1: I'm still trying to figure that out, too. That's why we do these lame podcasts to make it seem like <laughs> we're doing something.
2: Uh, they're not lame. You're cool.
0: <laughs> uh, at least you got, I'm the lame one. He's the cool one. You know, you got to have that in a group. You got to have somebody.
2: Yeah. Well, Cam's <laughs> like my little brother, man. I've known him forever.
0: That's he, right. He, he he is vertically challenged.
2: Well, I didn't mean that. it was a short cool joke. I just meant because he's younger and way cuter than me.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. We've had some guests on the show in the past few weeks, Erica, that would uh, probably argue with you on the whole cuter than cuter than them type deal. Joe would probably argue that he's better looking than Cam. And and have you seen Roger Conley's hair? I mean, hello. <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Well, Erica, so if you're on a, what is it? You said it's Wednesday today? Yeah, it is Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. It is Wednesday. It Home is Wednesday. Wednesday? So, so what, what, do, what did you say you were doing? You're driving around delivering well, we, homes.
2: Well, we actually just got back to the shop. We're a little bit later than we wanted to be, but we delivered a coach up uh, in Oklahoma City this morning and drove back and it was 23 degrees. I know it's a far cry from what it is in sunny California, but uh, we are battling some ice and a bunch of crashes on the interstate so we i gotta got say
1: i gotta say that's pretty badass if you buy it does that come with the sale like if you buy something from elite motorsports you get eric anders to deliver it for you
2: if you call me you can't call freaking richard and ross lee and Ra- michael brotherton you gotta call me
1: that's fucking cool
2: <laughs> and i get the commission and that's the important part you know what i'm saying
0: i was gonna say that uh you know Everybody knows Elite Motorsports and and Royce and Richard out there throwing up ads all over racing junk in the website and Facebook and stuff. But that's where my motorhome came from. I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that that's a new marketing strategy right there. That Erica, you just need to go Facebook live, walk around the lot, show off the units and say, Hey, if you buy one, I'll deliver it. And I don't know. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of other companies out there that sell shit. And I'm gonna say that I'm probably buying from you instead of seeing one of those three Freemans show up with a freaking coach in my lot. Just saying.
2: <laughs> well, thanks, Don. I appreciate it. I'd have to get my mean sister to show me how to do Facebook Live, though. <laughs> she helps me with all the all the social media stuff, and aside from making a phone call or sending an email, uh, she's my IT girl. So. She,
0: nice. In more than in one way, one more way than another, being the IT, the IT girl, right?
2: Yeah, she's definitely the IT girl. That's for sure. <laughs> I just I wish I had a fraction of her energy and her meanness.
1: <laughs> nice. Well, before we get started on the real reason we wanted to call and talk about the Pro Stock Show, like I said earlier, for those of you that live on a rock and don't know who Eric is, Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself and you know how you got into racing and you know i know this is the the mundane part of the podcast but you know you have one hell of a badass story and you know i'm sure there's a few people out there that would love to hear it real quick
2: well for those that already know it i guess plug your ears real quick but i'll I'll make it fast (laughs) um my dad grew up racing he started racing sprint cars when he was younger and then when he married my mom and they decided to have kids um she said she wanted him to do something safer so he was a smart ass and said he was going drag racing. So that's kind of all my sister and I really knew growing up. And, and my dad just did it, you know, as a, as a sportsman racer at a hobby level. And um, that was what we did on the weekend. So when I turned eight, uh, I actually saw the article in National Dragster about kids racing junior dragsters. At the time it was eight to 17 and now it's five. So, um, you know, you're able to get started at a pretty young age and, that was in 92, the first year they had juniors. So um, I started that when I was eight. Three years later, my sister turned eight, and she started it. But we uh, that was our family's deal. I, I junior drag raced for nine years um, for my 16th birthday. My dad sent me to Frank Holly's uh, Super Comp School. I got my Super Comp license, and then I raced in the Lucas Oil Sportsman Series uh, in Super Comp and Super Gas for five years. Uh, went back to Holly, got my alcohol funny car license. Cause at that point I wanted to go nitro funny car racing. And in the midst of all of that, uh, won a national event in super gas in Houston and did an interview. And for some reason, what came out of my mouth was all about pro stock instead of nitro funny car. And, and that's <laughs> when, uh, Kegnazzi called me and I, I got hired to drive his car. And that's where my pro stock career started in 2004. So it's, uh, you know, lot of lot of years trying to explain it in a short amount of time but um this season starts my 15th year full-time on the road in in pro stocks so i uh (laughs) been doing it for 26 years like you cameron and i uh i love it i mean it it definitely has its moments but uh it's what i wake up every day and work hard at
1: absolutely that's that's freaking awesome and one thing that, that stuck out that a lot of people probably don't know is the alcohol funny car license that's that's really cool that you've actually experienced and driven. I've never driven a uh, an alcohol funny car. I've driven a nostalgia funny car, but um, they say that alcohol funny cars is the hardest car to drive. Um, would you agree to that?
2: I agree that it is challenging. Yes, I will tell you that I think Pro Stock is harder. but it's, Really? It's Over a Pro Mod? Animal. Yeah,
1: huh? Over Pro Mod too?
2: Yeah, well Pro Mod, the, the whole mentality of ProMod's different. It's a it's an automatic car. So it's aside yeah, from being true. really fast and squirrely, like the whole procedure is is pretty simple and rather mundane compared to what goes on in the cockpit of a Pro Stock car. Having said that, when you let the button go in a ProMod car, you don't know if you're gonna set low ET. Or take out the Christmas tree, the guard wall, and your competitor. I have no idea, and I don't think any of those other guys do either. It's a it's an animal for sure. But um, as far as challenge goes, I think uh, I think Pro Stock's it because of everything that you have to do. You know, leaving with a clutch and having to hit your shift points as you know close to perfect as possible. And then the biggest challenge on on top of all of that is that it's a short wheel based car with no downforce, and it's It's a suspension car. So it's just interesting to handle down track, especially with the lack of track prep that we got going on this day and age. So yeah, what you said, you
1: said down track, you said down track and it's popped into my head. I know you kind of skipped over this portion of your, uh, of your racing career. I mean, there was this thing called Ride on track. Um, It was a (laughs) Disney movie about Erica's life. I know she never really likes to talk about it. Uh, It's kind of like me and the Jack Browse thing. It's just something that happened in your life. (laughs) and you uh, you kind of bypass it because it's you're not trying to use that as your claim to fame. But yes, there was a, a junior drag racing movie on the Disney Channel about Erica's life, which was pretty cool to help grow the sport um, of NHRA and junior drag racing back in the day too, um, when we were junior little Rugrats running around.
2: <laughs> it was definitely cool, and um, you know, it, I I love the aspect of it that it got a lot of kids that had never been to a drag race before interested in our sport and to this day I mean it it was released in 03 so it was uh, 16 years ago I still have kids of every age like kids that are our our age now and then even little ones that have just seen it recently that begged their parents to come out for a to the racetrack or ask Santa Claus for a junior dragster for Christmas and it's cool to see that families that weren't involved in NHRA drag racing are now part of our family because of that movie. So that was that was the neatest aspect of that whole deal.
1: Heck yeah! All right. Well, before we get talking about this huge pro stock debut on FS1, their only show, what to tell tell some of the listeners because, like I so said, we talk about backstory a lot. What's it like to be on the road? Like we talk about like all the shenanigans and stuff that people don't see. And like, that's what people really like on the internet or whatever the, they want to know the nitty gritty, like what's it life like to live your life out of a suitcase. And, you know, is it awesome all the time? I don't really think so, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, some people do, but what what's your take on life on the road?
2: Well, the older I get, the, the more different my perspective is on that. And, you know, as, as a racer, and I know everything that you do and how hard you work to get out there on the weekends, it's the same thing for, for most drivers, um, you know, with exception to a few that have a lot of freaking money. Um, <laughs> but the rest of us have to go out there and find it. And that's, you know, it's right. not a negative to them that I would I would love to have a lot of money, but I don't. Oh, um, hell
1: yeah. I, I say that know. all the time. I'm like, hey, I'd be doing the same damn thing, too, if I was in their Hell, <laughs> yeah. You can't
2: hate them for their situation. You just got to work harder and, and make it happen yourself, but, Heard that. um, but, uh, it's not, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Um, uh, having said that I am appreciative of the opportunity and, and it is what I wake up and work hard for every day. I, I go to bed thinking about it. I wake up working on it and it's just, um, it's just one of them deals, but it is, it is hard, uh, because you sacrifice so many other things. And, and there are people out there that, that make it work. Um, you know, but being gone 300 days a year is, you know, I keep track of how many nights a a year I'm in a hotel. and, And last year I was gone just over 300 days and it's, you know, it's not just drag racing. It's going to sponsorship meetings and going to appearances and, um, you know, flying all over the place just to, to keep the balls bouncing. But, um, you give up a lot of what is normal and that is hard.
1: Isn't that crazy? And w- we sit there and we think like, you know, oh, normal. Like, you know, everybody's like, what, what's it like to be a racer? Well, you know, maybe you, Don, and I are sometimes wonder like, well, what's it like to necessarily be normal? It's like you go to a bar sometimes or like, oh, you want to like go out with some high school friends or something that you see, like haven't seen in forever. And you go to like a restaurant or, you know, your typical sports bar or something. And you're like, at least I sit there and I'm like, it's like what you guys do like every night. like. <laughs> i I'd, I'd go crazy like i just i don't
2: know yeah but do it would we go crazy because that we don't really know that life i mean
1: well I guess that's if true. you don't
2: know it it might seem mundane but then you can come on our side of the fence where now that you know i just turned 35 and i'm like well i've given up my whole life for this i'm at this point i probably have to realize i'm not going to have a family which sucks i didn't ever think that um You know, you give up having friends because eventually they quit inviting you and you keep not showing up to weddings and baby showers and funerals and
0: all of the things
2: that you're supposed to be there for.
0: Wait, Um, wait, wait, wait. That's a bad thing?
2: Yeah, you, I guess most guys probably try to skip out on that
0: stuff anyway. But I, I mean, come on! If you're in, if you're getting married in in the middle of racing season, or you're having a kid in the middle of racing season, or you actually think someone's coming to your birthday in the middle of racing season and it's not on a race weekend, what are you thinking? You need new friends.
2: I know. <laughs> I do, <laughs> and that's why I don't have any normal friends anymore. Like I'm lucky to have two girlfriends from from like grade school and high school that still love me even though i suck at life with my normal aspect of it um you know they they're still my friends anyway but the rest of them are just you know friends in the racing world because that that's what it takes to understand what what, what goes we on. Do. You don't yeah. yeah you don't you don't have a 9 to 5 you don't get to leave your your job at work when you when you go home um it's something that you take with you your cell phone's on you at all times cuz you never know you know when you got to pick up the phone to you know, take a call on a coach or trailer sale or, you know, a sponsorship conference call or whatever. You're just kind of always, always on. And, and again, I'm not complaining. I don't want it to come off that way. I I love it. And I'm very fortunate. No.
1: Yeah. But if it, it's the facts. I mean, people don't see yeah. that. And that's, that's, what's cool about this podcast that we do. Like we try to, you know, this isn't like a necessarily like, Oh, who won this week or whatever? Like we try, it's not a results thing. It's, this is the kind of stuff we like to talk about because people don't get to see this stuff. And we work really hard to entertain other people. Essentially, I guess we're entertainers. So, (laughs) you know, you, people don't realize what, how hard and you have to work in order to make other people happy.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's interesting, especially, you know, and I don't like to talk about the female aspect of it because I just want to be, you know, a racer. And I've had to grow some thick skin because of it. It's not something that I had naturally. My sister has that way more than than I do. But, um, you know, being a female that lives on the road with, I have 19 guys, um, you know, you have to have a spouse that's understanding. You have to um, right. have somebody that trusts you. You um, you live out of a suitcase, literally. I'd have to say that's probably the most negative aspect of being a girl <laughs> is having to put all the things that you think you're going to need for Either three days that you're racing, or the seven days that it's going to turn into, because you have to go test or go to a meeting afterwards. Like you have to figure <laughs> out how to pack for all of that in one little suitcase.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, all right, let's get let's get a let's get some current wheel spinning here because you you brought up one thing that I didn't know if you were going to bring up, but I'm going to go to it first. All right. So female aspect, and you're in drag racing. You're in motorsports. I was listening three weeks ago to an interview with Haley Deegan, and they were talking about her. You know, as young as she is, okay, her journey so far as a female female in the world of motorsports. Now, we all know it's a business world, and drag racing. You know, for for the very uneducated use of a phrase, boys' club, that drag racing has seemed to be do you feel inside that there were opportunities that you were not able to grab hold of or were taken away from you? Or maybe it was a demographic thing in the marketing strategy when you're a World Champion pro stock driver, you are someone that's driven multiple different types of vehicles for different ownership groups to be able to float, you know, and put that on a resume that you've driven for for different people. Do you feel like that truly is something that's a hindrance to you or do you feel like it makes you better prepared for every next opportunity if you will? I
2: think it's a double-edged sword and I think that sometimes yes it works to my benefit and other times it is a hindrance and I that's why I always try to steer away from it because I don't want to be you know viewed as somebody that that's what they they want to talk about like no matter what you do like you're starting you have to dig yourself out of a hole to get to the ground zero before you can start working your way to where you want to be like because you have to prove everybody wrong on your way to getting there. But I don't even know if that makes sense, but you're judged under a different microscope. And that's the part that, that sucks about it, but it is what it is. Right. And I've always been one that hasn't done and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just, this is just my opinion, but I haven't done all the sexy female stuff. And it, maybe it's because I don't look like those girls do in a bathing suit, but I want to I want my driving ability to put me on the map and that's how I've you know and I, I guess I owe that to my dad but I, that's how I've treated my whole career and I want to be known as a racer and I want to be where I'm at because I've worked hard and and not that the other girls haven't but that's just the route that I've chosen I don't know if that makes sense but
1: no, it makes total sense I mean hell I mean we did skip on that part too miss two time pro stock world champion cough <laughs> cough uh yeah oh and i'm pretty sure it came down to the, one of them came down to the final round and oh yeah that's right you were perfect on the tree oh that's right
2: <laughs> thanks cameron <laughs> but no i mean that was a dream come true but uh, <laughs> again fortunate for the opportunity but uh but yeah stuff like that like i want to i want to be taken seriously because of what i've accomplished
0: okay so that being said you want to be taken seriously let's talk about the persona standpoint uh earlier into the show Kim and i was i was kind of venting a little bit about you know the future of the nhra pro stock show we want to see more of the backstory the personality of the drivers we we don't you know we don't want to see um and i hate to say this because i'm a marketing guy I don't need, I don't want to see the clean cut, uh, John Christ, uh, satire of rattling off your sponsors and, and doing all that. I want to see the nitty gritty from the backside. Do you feel like people shy away from coming up to you? as a fan or other competitors, because they feel like they don't know how to approach you or do you hold back and try to keep that even keel with the professional persona?
2: So I've always tried to keep the even keel professional persona deal because, um, that's just what I was taught and it doesn't make it right or wrong, but that's not what people want anymore. And, um, I'm as goofy and real as you get. You can ask Cameron, I stay and do the dumbest things. And oh, I, yeah. trip, I trip over my own feet. I run into the wall. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, I am a cluster, but <laughs> in, and I've always been vocal about my faith, um, which I will continue to be despite the world hating it. It doesn't matter. But just because my faith also doesn't mean I don't, I don't make mistakes and I don't swear. I will tell you that I didn't swear quite as much until i came to work with this freeman Uh, So say you work
1: with the freemans you know what the f word is
2: yeah yeah for sure they cannot if you took that word from them it's like tying an an italian's hands down when they talk they can't do it like (laughs) they cannot speak without using that word but um but we're we're actually um i'm kind of glad you touched on that we're we're actually putting together a deal right now my sister courtney a uh, kid named Blake is doing all the video editing. Wes Buck from Drag Illustrated is heading it up. And, and we formed this new media group. It's called Kings Ridge Media. And we're doing a whole deal on uh, on the behind-the-scenes aspect of our life. Because you can tune into FS1 and watch, uh, you know, or on NHRA TV and see the live feed or whatever what's going on at the racetrack. We want to give you... Uh, an inside view of all the cool and fun personalities. And you talk about living on the road, you're going to get to see all of that stuff and it's, it's not always pretty and it's certainly not always polished or politically correct. And, and I think that's what makes it real and and funny. And so we're trying to put that together right now and and give the fans and, and all our friends out there a peek behind the scenes. And I think it's going to be awesome because I have never seen more personality than than the group of guys that i work with here at elite motorsports um and and we have a blast it's my sixth year with them and um it's definitely interesting and do they have screaming matches and fist fights absolutely but we also have a blast and and there's a lot of cool stuff that goes on that we want to show people so well, when you do a lot of that cool. to your question um yeah i want to try to be less less uh prim and proper and polished and more real
1: when you when you do all that behind the scenes stuff, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of rental car exploit when it comes to that. <laughs> um, with uh, the show being called Racers and Rental Cars, be um, yes. sure to uh, think of us when you're uh, doing donuts in your minivan or whatever it is.
2: I have to send you some videos. I always have my my phone on me, and my guys are so goofy in rental cars. It's uh, it's pretty comical.
1: What's your favorite one? Since because uh, we always like to ask our guests what like what's their most like either favorite or most ridiculous thing they've done in a rental car.
2: So my, my lead engine builder, Jake Harrison, he is like super engineer, like brilliant, plain, boring dude without alcohol. But when he has (laughs) one Tito's, he like comes out of his little skin and he is so funny, but he's always, he always drives the rental car, not drunk. We'll do a little disclaimer, but um, we were in Denver and he decided he was going to drive back um, in low gear, and hmm. we uh, <laughs> we exited the the freeway to go to Gold or to go to Lakewood, and it had one of those like jug handle exits. And he's like in low gear with it matted, you know, uh, four grand rev limiter or whatever. And we're like hauling ass around this corner. Well, we had just stopped and bought some a couple handles of Tito's vodka for our race trailer. And they were in the back of the minivan and we, we got like eight people in there. And he takes this corner at like 80 and the, <laughs> the Tito's bottles all smash together and break in the back of the car. And I'm like, OK, not only is this guy acting like an idiot, like now our whole car it is reeks like <laughs> not drunk, <laughs> smells like a bar room. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm freaking out. I'm sober, but I'm videoing <laughs> the whole thing and I'm laughing so hard. I'm about to pee my pants. When we get to the exit for our hotel, well, he decides there's a red light. He decides to put it in park while we're going like 40 still. And the transmission locks up and we can't get it. We can't get it in gear. (laughs) And we're in the middle of the street with a green light. And I'm like, I got out of the car and I bailed. And I'm like running across the street. And they're like, they finally pushed the car in the parking lot of the hotel. And I mean, it's, the (laughs) it was ridiculous. And they're like, how do you bail on us, man? I'm like, I can just see the newspaper article. Like entire race team goes to jail because of what you guys did and they're like you are so not a team player i'm like i'm out dude i'm not i'm not going down with the sinking ship so I'm they, out. Never, they never let me off the hook for that but they have torn up some shit like we we they run into each other on the in the back of the rental car we've paid for so many bumpers and fenders and flat spotted tires and it's ridiculous but the, but it's fun i mean I'll, I'll start sending you some videos
1: sweet some of the perks of uh of living on the road
2: sometimes <laughs> uh, right. I, and that is why you never buy a, a rental car. Never buy a used rental car because absolutely would, uh, drive them.
0: <laughs> Especially if you see that it had a history of customer usage with the last name Freeman involved.
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Zero respect.
0: All right. So come on. I want to let. Let's go. We're going NHRA show. Um most probably that are listening saw your post about the show the other day that you did on social media. Um, I know your sister's a big proponent with, with her PR firm, and she had a lot of posts for the customers that she supports and takes care of on the NHRA pro stock scene. Last night while you were sitting there, you're a fan, not a driver. What did you want to see or were hoping to see that you didn't see?
2: Well, I I think the show was okay. I think they did a good job. I really love that Bruno and Brian Loans were the ones leading it because, in my opinion, they are the most knowledgeable. Bruno's actually driven a pro stock car and he's a real racer. Um, Brian is just like super smart and almost like Lewis Bloom as far as old stats and stuff go. I mean, he's uh, they're just both really knowledgeable. So I like that aspect of it. I like that the whole thing was pro stock, no offense to Nitro, because we always get the shaft, but it's okay. Um the only thing I didn't really love about it was uh like Drag Racing 101. Uh as much as I love Jack and Lewis, like I, I didn't love that aspect of it. But um I think the show was well thought out and put together. What I've what what I would like to have seen more of is the behind the scenes stuff that we were talking about. Maybe you know, like you mentioned, picking a couple drivers and really showcasing their personalities, but there's so much going on in the cockpit of a pro stock car. And it's easy to overlook because the, the on-track footage can be so boring. If you watch it, it just looks like a whole bunch of Camaros going down the racetrack. And there's only a couple cars with in-car cameras, but I think what we have to do in the cockpit is actually really interesting and, and maybe even take it off the racetrack and go back to the pits and say, take us through a run. And yeah, it would probably take a couple of minutes or whatever. But, um, and that's why we're also trying to do like tech Tuesdays with one of my goofy guys, Chase, um, just kind of like what goes on to service a, a pro stock car back in the pits and interesting stuff like that. It doesn't always have to be on track stuff. So,
1: yeah, no, I agree. It's,
2: overall,
1: You know, that, that's the thing. I mean, you have, you're filling an hour show with one, with one class. So there's, there's right. a lot more things and there's a lot more personalities and, that's what i keep trying i always get on my high horse when it comes to you know look at supercross they promote the personalities of the sport you know like drag racing has just as just of good personalities as other sports as well but you know and and yes we're racing for you know four eight five seconds whatever like so there's more time to explain the sport to explain how awesome the drivers and, you know, what they do outside of it and, you know, what it takes to be a driver. I feel like there's, there's a lot more that can be done there. And like I said, it's, it's only the, it's only been the first show. So hopefully it'll get better. Do we know if yeah. Pro Stock Bike is going to be in on your show too or no?
2: So I don't, I would assume that they would, um, they start in Gainesville, but what, what my understanding of it is, and it's pretty vague but we only have four standalone shows. The rest of the time we're still like in the main show, but they separated it for those four shows to see, you know, the actual ratings of just pro stock, which I also think can be good or bad because by reading all of the, the comments on Facebook and whatnot, like people, people were kind of pissed about it and they're like, we're not watching. Well, that's not really the answer to boycott. Yeah. That's the not going to help. We need the ratings because if we don't have them, then we're not going to be part of the show. So it's kind of like, you know, kind of yeah. doing the wrong thing. But um, we that's what our posts were all about. We're trying to explain that to people. And yes, we already know the results. But just if you like the class, if you like the sport, support it and, and tune in. And hopefully the next standalone show won't be three days later. Like that's the part about it that really sucked. But in an ideal world, it would have been able to show after the nitro show on sunday so it wasn't Agreed. such a long wait but um but yeah i mean we can nitpick it all we want i'm i'm overall pretty pleased with uh, the way the show was put together and um that the only aspect that really sucked was the the three days later
1: my favorite my favorite part of the of the show and it's it's not just on this show but when uh, <laughs> when I, I forget who's your crew guy that, that i don't is it is it <laughs> ricky or whoever to get up on that wheel kick his ass
2: yeah <laughs> that, that cracks rick. me up
1: every time i love it i love it
2: He's, i mean and that goes back to the 2014 championship like i was sick in vegas like really sick and having to get ivs in between rounds on sunday and just i was having a hard time getting up on the wheel and so i was like rick just pump me up you know what i mean <laughs> and and we ended up winning the race and taking the lead for the championship and going on to win the championship that weekend. So it became like a tradition from that point or, or we were kind of too scared to get away from it because we're superstitious. So now every time I go up there, he's like, get up on the wheel and kick his ass. And I love it because I've wished my whole, my whole career for a crew chief like Rick Jones. And he's just, he's awesome. And he has like four sisters, I think. So he knows how to handle me when, when I start acting like a girl,
1: (laughs) That's awesome. See, but that's good. Things like that need to need to be more showcased. I, I feel. Well, thanks. Yeah.
0: All right. So here we go. We're, we're going to kind of cut you loose because obviously you can't make any money for your pro stock operation. Um, God, you work for Freeman and them. So for the love of God, I know you need to get on the telephone and try to find some money. If you hear, (laughs) if you hear Royus Lee talk about his, uh, CFO status, um, I I got two questions for you uh, and we'll kind of wrap it up on for you today. Thank you for taking time out, by the way. Um, it's Christmas time. I need three names in the pro stock pits. You're not sending a Christmas card to.
2: Three names. (laughs) All right. Chris McGaha, Tanner gray, and, uh, who else races with us? um, I really like most of my competitors um maybe Greg Anderson for just old times sake <laughs> <laughs> see I, I like
0: would it. I would have been three for three if somebody would have asked me that I in the in really? so, yep and so in the whole thing with that and I it, great answers I mean hell there's no wrong answer for that that from that point of view I think that you know it truly needs to be it, I, I want this. I'm a fan. I'm a racer. I want people to know, look, don't take it personal. This is business, we, you know, right. it, uh, yeah, and and it's plain and simple. This is what we wake up to do. If you do something that I don't like, that means professionally, I don't have to like you or what you did as your action. Now, as a person, I'm going to respect you. I'm not going to wish ill will on you or your family or whatever the case right. is, but professionally, Damn it. I'm here to beat your ass and plain and simple. That's it. Take it that way. And by God, I hope you feel the same way about me. However, comma, don't sugarcoat stuff (laughs) and try to make it look like it's something that it's not. I like it when you and Tanner had issues. I liked it when Alex and Tanner had issues. Hell, I liked it when y'all were going to fight in between the trucks and the trailers. (laughs) There is nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with it at all all because it is that is the passion of the sport that the fans want to see it's the ufc with four wheels and we're going 200 miles an hour and we're all out here busting our humps to do it and so by god be that way so great answer don't be the vanilla across the board deal (laughs) it's fine to be that way next question Right Dude, now, Don's
1: on a roll right now. We have this. I thing. like it. I
2: like yeah. it. It's like rapid fire.
0: Right. Hashtag
1: right, Don's right. rant. Okay, hey, go. Hey,
0: Don's rant, baby. It's 2019. Eric Enders has how many more years pulling the levers?
2: <laughs> I guess as long as Friedman keeps me on board. Um, and that goes back to my statement earlier the older I get, the more my perspective changes on that. But uh, with my current situation now I don't I don't see why I wouldn't just keep on going. Uh, but there are days that I'm like, I don't even know why I do this crap. I don't know why I, I put forth all the effort and sacrifice all of the time and money. Um, but then you go out and you you go rounds on Sunday and it's like putting the needle back in your vein. so it's it's really um, it's really interesting. I don't know. I mean my I guess if I have to have to answer, I would say. As long as I could, but in a realistic world, I, with the NHRA state right now, I would say would be lucky to have five more years. Okay. Answer. But that ain't saying I'm not going to go drive and do something else in, a, in another, not turning circles, obviously, cause that's boring, but like, you know, go do radio versus the world stuff or, you know, something else. But it is, it, I, I think I'll always be involved in, in motor in some form or fashion, but, um. I love driving, but the shit gets old sometimes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I know you, I know you said earlier, you're going to Gainesville. You're going to be driving the pro mod. You're pulling double duty. Did the pro mod like reinvigorate your driving spirit or is it just the aspect that you're a racer? And if somebody says, Hey, do you want to drive this? You're like, yes, have helmet. Here I am.
2: <laughs> yeah. Have fire suit and helmet. will travel. But, um, no, when we started getting involved in the ProMont side of things when NHRA started really um, being interesting with pro stock. And um, we wanted to open up the door for something else in case this particular arena failed and not because of lack of effort or the people that uh, really, really make really, really try hard to make it work. Um, it's, it's an uphill battle when other people are fighting against you. So, um, we, we kind of started exploring this pro mod Avenue and, um, it's, it's been fun for me. It's been exciting. Um, you know, I joked around earlier about not knowing if we're going to set low ET or, or take out the Christmas tree, the guard wall, or my competitor, like you, you get in that promo cards, 3,500 horsepower, short wheel based car. It leaves, you know, pretty normal, like a pro stock car, like 970, 60 foot. But then when the, when the boost starts coming in and they start ramping the timing in like 330 to 660 and all the way to 1320, like it does not stop pooling. And it's super noticeable between 330 and 660 just starts hauling the mail and, and it's fun, but it's, it keeps you on the edge of your seat because they're absolutely wild. And it's such a fine line between a good fast run and completely out of control
1: nice yeah no that's that's pro mods gnarly i i'd love to give uh give one a shot but you know
2: you should you should come drive mine
1: come on they'd they'd hey like, we're, we're like the same or the, right. the same height i could probably fit
2: <laughs> <laughs> you could definitely fit you'd have to stuff the towels around my seat but Oh, please. Um, (laughs) No, it's, it's fun. I think you'd really enjoy it. And having driven a nitro car, it might not be as, as crazy as I make it sound, but for, for those things are
1: pretty gnarly, you know, they they got suspension underneath them there, you know, and I'll be,
2: I'll be really interested to see how it goes, um, in Gainesville with a brand new racing surface on top of the lack of track prep. Um, you know, we've really expressed our concern with NHRA or, or to NHRA about what's to come when you start putting those high horsepower suspended short wheelbase cars on a, on a dangerous racetrack, what's going to happen. So hopefully uh, all goes well and, and everybody's safe, but it should be uh, should be interesting to watch, that's for sure.
1: Heck yeah, heck yeah. All right, well, final question and then I'll, I'll let you go. Um, your thoughts on uh, saving, like how do you save money in pro stock? To allow other competitors to get in there, like because everybody talks about costs and how expensive it is, blah blah blah. You know, valve Mm springs. Somebody said that their their valve spring bill wasn't there. An article they spent like three hundred thousand dollars a year on valve springs or something.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So, all right. Well, I wish Richard was in the car still for this question because, (laughs) and I'll and I'll be pretty complimentary to him because, in my opinion, he's a big reason why this class is is saved itself and. In my opinion, completely turned around and is growing now, and it's because he is. We have a perception that it's unattainable, or you can't do this unless you're a bazillionaire, and it is simply not true. Like I went from driving for Victor Cagnazzi, who I'm so thankful for that opportunity, and he had great equipment and um, you know a handful of good people, and and we we did well together, but the budget there. Was two and a half million dollars a year. So you break it down, that's like roughly a hundred thousand dollars a weekend to drive a pro stock car. That's stupid <laughs> because for for a half a million dollars more, you can go get in a you know a Coletta car or Schumacher car and and go out there and compete for the world. And I came to Richard at the end of 2013 when I left Vic, and 14 was our first year together here at Richards. Our budget was 1.5 million, so we're a million dollars less, and we fly our own airplane. So tell me where all that extra money was going. I have no idea. But we have a beautiful facility. We have state-of-the-art equipment. We show up in the finest looking trucks and trailers because that's our business. Um, All of our stuff is beautiful. All of it's clean. And we have people that that we trust, that we work on it. It's just the best of the best with people and equipment. And we're a million dollars less. So um, I don't know, man. It's it's crazy. Where was I going with that? What was your question? I sound like junk uh, horse now.
1: (laughs) How (laughs) do do, do you, how do you think you should save money in pro stock? But you Uh, know, you kind of, kind of answered it in a roundabout way. Like maybe, maybe it's not as bad as everybody cries about.
2: It's not. And it's not. And now we've, now we've been cut six races, which 90% of the pro stock class is successful business owners that have been fortunate in their business life. And they Love pro stock racing, so they sp- they choose to spend their money over here. Well, you have 24 events a year. That's really hard to leave your business for that many weeks. Yeah. So um, now that we have less races, you know, I think it's getting some more interest. We're we're to EFI now, so it brings kind of the younger blood because you plug in the laptop and you tune the car that way. Um, and then the the new rev limiter rule you talked about valve springs. That's what I wanted to touch on. Our our rev limiter now is ten thousand five hundred RPM. It used to be unlimited. And spinning your valve train a couple thousand RPM higher, you're going to hurt more parts. So our cycle time on parts has gone down. We don't kill as many valve springs at all. So uh, the cost of operation has gone down significantly. Now you still have your overhead of your shop and and all of your employees that you have to take care of, but um, the raw cost of going has gone down. Not the fuel in your trucks and the time on the road or hotels, because that's all high, but cycle time and valve Springs. And, um, so it's, it's definitely changed the game significantly. And, I'm we're really hopeful that there are going to be more competitors out there that are getting involved. And that was the whole idea behind all of this. So, um, you know, we have to, I have to thank Richard for that because he, as much as I hate his honesty sometimes because he has no filter and you never have to know what he's thinking. Cause he's going to tell you good or bad, but he's, he's really, you know, led this whole deal and and made it made it happen and no um,
1: i i agree with that and and i feel like to be honest with you i think that the nitro classes need to do the same thing you know i I, in a couple years i don't i don't see this whole 24 race thing making any sense i agree and i think
2: like just going to pro meetings and stuff like that like i think that as a group collectively 18 races is plenty we don't have to we don't have to be NASCAR because NASCAR can't even be NASCAR anymore with 36 events a year. So it's just, it's like, we got to be mindful of of what we're doing before we completely go off the deep end and crush the whole sport altogether, because there's not very many touring pros anymore. Um, We've just kind of got to gather it back up and, and make sure it's heading in the right direction and, have some good leadership and good decision-making skills and it can definitely be, be turned around. But I think our class, and that's the only one I know about, the only one I can speak about, but I think we're headed in the right direction. So it is affordable. It is attainable and it is a lot of fun. So uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I think we're definitely headed in the right direction.
1: Well, heard that Eric Anders for president of the NHRA. (laughs) That, that can be your retirement program. You can be the, the president of NHRA and help all this stuff turn around. But well. we, <laughs> we thank you so very much for taking time out of your day and delivering RVs and you know uh, racing cars and doing what you do. We, we love you very much and uh, you know on a personal friend level and you know as a, as a racer and you know and my, my little boy and my wife um, send, send their best and uh, hope to see you soon.
2: Well, thanks Cameron. I think the world of you and I love you back and I appreciate what you're doing and, uh, wish you luck. And I hope to see you in Gainesville. I heard you said you're probably going to go, so that'll be great.
0: Sounds like it. I'll come by and say hi.
2: Thanks guys. I appreciate you having me on.
0: No problem. Thank you. Well, there you go, man. Uh, I don't know that you can have someone more real That has been. If you really think about it, we we could have had like a ninety-minute show with Erica. If you know, you kind of want to go back and think about comparing her to somebody like J.R. Todd. I mean, I mean, can you believe fifteen seasons she's been driving a pro stock car, and she's had some lean times where she didn't really know what direction her career was going to go, where the next seat was that she was going to fill, and to think about. Her climbing back to that pinnacle and being a two time pro stock champ and being successful. I mean, they do have, uh, they've got a great, I guess you want to call it a structure over there. Absolutely.
1: At you know, and what's awesome about her is, you know, like all the struggles she's had with all this stuff, she's always stayed true to herself. Like she said, she stayed true to herself, her faith, and, you know, her, her, other things and yeah she likes to have fun too like it just listen to some of the stories they have a good time like she's she's just a normal person you know and and uh you know that's that's kind of what i wanted people to see that you know she's she's a just a cool person at the end of the day (laughs) like we're all we're all just normal people you know
0: Oh, absolutely! I think that you—the know, one thing about pros and whether it, whether it's men or women—I don't really care about uh, what the gender has to do with it. A lot of times, the the public uh, hashtag jealousy hashtag haters gonna hate starts to come into play, and people get a perception. Or or they think that, you know, they've perceived, they heard, whatever the case is. And you really don't know that until you sit down and, and share uh, a drink or walk a mile in somebody's shoes. But no offense, Erica, I don't like heels. But, uh, you know, I mean, it just that's the whole concept of that. And I hope our listeners today uh, are able to uh, wrap their head around Erica a little bit and understand her a little more and see what the elite group has going on over there in, in Winnie Wood, Oklahoma, where the Mexican restaurant is about the only place that I ate when I went there. It was awesome. Um, so, is
1: that the only restaurant there?
0: No. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Royce Lee and Robert and uh, their, <laughs> their mom, they, they had a couple different restaurants that they were directing me to. But, uh, well, at least um,
1: it's Mexican food because I love Mexican food. I, 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 we, we bought our my, – well, my uncle bought – a motorhome from them and then I ended up buying it from my uncle but um, we had it delivered so Erica didn't deliver it. I'm a little jealous. Now I'm gonna have to, you know, next time I buy a motorhome, I want EE e. to deliver that sucker. But I, I, you know,
0: I, if that is not a hashtag for social media going into Gainesville uh, for strategy, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, you know, who who wouldn't get? Can you see the TV commercials for like nhra.tv TV or something for Elite Motorsports? Elite uh, for a reason. Uh, hashtag
1: EE uh, e. delivers. That's exact,
0: there. It is. Put it on a T-shirt. <laughs> stamp it grade a there it is let's deliver it uh but for sure but no uh, absolutely uh really appreciate her taking time out of her schedule uh from grinding away like the rest of us are and uh we appreciate everybody listening in cam take us home brother
1: all right well uh as usual we just want to thank uh, obviously erica for coming on we've said that a million times um racepack.com for letting us do this voice america and DragSearchForSale.com. uh if you guys are in the markets for uh, Sounds like pretty much anything. RVs, uh rigs, dragsters, data loggers, uh the show kinda has you covered. Um we got uh t shirts and stuff coming soon. So uh there's that and I guess we'll see you next week.
0: Later. Let's put it-